How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome, everybody, to Locked On Lakers. I am Anthony Irwin. Not joined by Harrison Fagan today. He is not here with us. Uh, this is actually going to be a Facebook live recording that we convert into audio and run as a podcast here on a on a beautiful Friday afternoon. As always, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can find us on Audio Boom, and as an article on Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, today we we jump around a bit as we tend to with these mail, mailbags. We got questions about. The birds and the bees. We got a Kobe Duncan question. We got uh, questions about trade speculation. We got all kinds of stuff today. Uh, it was a really fun time. I, I love getting out there and being able to talk to fans. And and I, I'm not going to call them my fans. We, we aren't going there. But I really enjoy being able to answer your guys' questions. The back and forth is always a lot of fun. Uh, you can follow me and send questions like this to at Anthony Irwin LA. If you want to ask Harrison a question, you can send it to him at at HM Fagan. If you want to send the podcast a question, you can send it to at Locked On Lakers. Uh, hit us up. Send us all kind of stuff. The offseason is going to be long, but we're going to get through this together. We're going to get through this together at least until Team USA comes back and starts playing basketball. But for right now, let's go ahead and jump into the podcast. Again, this was a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and I'll talk to everybody again on Monday. Have a good one. And we're live. Welcome from my living room. No more gondolas, no gondolier behind me, no Harrison. I mean, one of those things has to be an upgrade, right? Like, that we're, we're cool with that. Uh, I hope he doesn't hear this. Uh, yes, I am Anthony Irwin. I am here to answer all of your Lakers-related questions. I have some already from Twitter. You can follow me there at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, I am with at Lakers SBN, I believe, is what Silver Screen and Rolls uh, Twitter account is. Uh, so let's just kind of get right to it. I got I got some questions, and and as per usual, uh, Twitter provided some interesting ones. So we'll go chronologically. The first question I got was from at Matt Vazen. Uh, what time does this start? I'm here now, so there you go. <laughs> um, Scott Chasen asks two questions. Is the universe infinite or finite, and why does anything exist? Uh, the first question is, I believe, infinite. I, I believe it's infinite uh, until further notice. I have no idea. I have, I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, why does anything exist? It exists to serve our Lord and Savior, Kobe Bryant. That's, that's what it exists for. We are here to carry out any whims that he might have, any fancies he might have. Uh, that's what we're here for. Jacob Rude asks, and this is at Jacob Rude, asks, what improvements in your own game will you be working on for next year's Vegas pickup game? Quite simply, my Euro step. That, uh, <laughs> that needs to improve greatly. That's pretty obvious. Uh, all right, so let's. we got our first question here. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins going at poor spelling there, uh, Michael. Uh, 
Um, is DeMarcus Cousins going? I don't know where he might be going. Uh, if you're hoping he comes to the Lakers, there's a chance. I don't think he's particularly happy in Sacramento. I don't think he ha- I don't think it's possible to be particularly happy in Sacramento, given how uh, they they uh, don't really handle their business very well. They're, they're trying to turn it around, um, but they've drafted seven footers as at, at every possible uh, spot that they can, and I think that's preparing them for life without Boogie. Uh, so that's I. And and if he becomes a free agent, I like the Lakers to go after him. He said that the Lakers were his childhood favorite team. I don't know if that applies to you know any kind of op, uh, reason to be optimistic that he'll sign there, but it doesn't hurt, right? And uh, Demarcus Cousins actually fits perfectly with the Lakers being a five, who can also stretch the floor. So when Randall is in there and he can't stretch the floor, you can. Excuse me. You can still have cousins out there doing uh, handling his business. Uh, next question from Twitter: uh, Patrick Fenelon asks, "Why do they call them apartments when they're right next to each other?" This is from the same guy who asks if a, if a, or is is can convince anybody that anything is a sandwich. So apartments are right next to each other because. They were poorly named. That's all I got for you. Uh, Mario, Mario Daly on here asks, how did the young core perform at USA Workouts? All right, this is actually a fun talking point that we've uh, hit a couple, uh, couple of times on the Locked On Lakers podcast. Again, that's with Harrison and I. We record daily. This is actually going to be uh, – the, the audio for this is actually going to become a podcast. So if you miss anything here, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. We're on Audio Boom and all that stuff. But uh, Mario asks, how did the young team perform at the Team USA workouts? It sounds, based on all the reaction coming out of that uh, situation or out of those games, that they all did really well. And that's really promising for the Lakers. Uh, I remember when D'Angelo Russell lit up the rookie-sophomore game, the tendency from people who don't want to believe that he's a good player was well nobody's really trying hard the the competition isn't very good there whatever uh, i don't know how you can try to knock this success here so in you know from that perspective i think it's great that you know everybody was raving about him they were raving about Brandon Ingram Kevin Durant went as far as to say is he it's like playing against him is like looking in the mirror uh which pop uh Greg Popovich was quick to put you know put a damper on and i think smartly it was an it was an intelligent move by pop to do this but he basically said hey let's let's cool it with the kevin durant comps because kevin durant is a really good player and you're putting unfair expectations on brandon ingram by by comparing the two so i think i like that and then uh pop was also very positive very uh he praised julius randall quite a bit calling him very coachable and all of that and the point that I made on the podcast was, look, we've we've listened for the last two years to somebody knock and, and multiple people knock the kids' maturity levels, their work ethic. Uh, some have even questioned their skill levels. And I think what we're finding out when you have smarter people, you know, the Greg Popoviches, the Coach Krzyzewskis, all those guys, uh, saying that the, the kids, you know, Lakers fans should be optimistic about these guys – 
I'm going to listen to to the smart people and let the dumb people and recently fired people uh, go ahead and scream into the abyss. So be happy, Lakers fans. These kids are exciting. The the future is very exciting. Johnny Berry asks, so interesting that the Lakers haven't signed Ingram and a few others yet. I wonder what they are up to with eyeballing another trade target like Pink has said. Thank you very much, Johnny. That was perfect. I actually wrote about this yesterday. This is a great segue into a very topical issue that the Lakers are currently dealing with. And I wouldn't say issue as as in a problem. Issue is like a talking point is what I mean here. But I would say the Lakers haven't signed those guys yet because they want to maintain flexibility as long as they possibly can so that they can make some kind of opportunistic trade uh, not the kind that's actually going to help him on the court. I don't think they're they're really looking in that respect because it's kind of hard to find a player like that who is not under salary next year and the Lakers want to maintain one max cap spot so that they can sign a Russell Westbrook. They can sign you know whoever they have their eye on then. Uh, that's the thinking there. So what I think they're hoping to do is you know if, if a team has a player that uh, they want to dump uh, their salary and free up or avoid paying the tax for whatever reason. Teams have all kinds of reasons to want to ditch salary nowadays. And what the Lakers are hoping for is that, all right, well, we can take on salary if you know if you really need us to. Uh, you're just going to have to tie another asset to it. And the recent deals like that are Jeremy Lin from Houston. Uh, I believe, was it Houston? I think it was Houston. Uh, he was tied, you know, in order for Houston to get rid of his salary, uh, they, they wound up having to attach a first round draft pick and that first round draft pick turned into Larry Nance Jr. Who the Lakers are, are thrilled with. So if the Lakers can make another move like that, and they already have this year, they got Jose Calderon and, and they got a second round draft pick along with Calderon in that deal. And the Lakers have shown a proclivity for, for drafting late in the draft or, or, or you know, drafting well late in the draft. So as many assets as they can possibly get, you know, this is just another way that cap space helps a team like the Lakers in, uh, amidst a rebuild. And that's what they're hoping for is that, you know, if some team has some veteran who isn't under contract next year and has a draft pick to, to attach to it to get rid of that salary, the Lakers are right there. Uh, and and it's this, this isn't a situation where Brandon Ingram isn't going to be a Laker or I, th- I believe Tark Black hasn't. Def- no, I think he has officially inked. No, take he has not officially inked his deal quite yet. And then they've structured some of the uh, contracts that are already signed so that next year there's a minor dip in the in their in their pay, so that the Lakers can still free up as much cap space as possible for next year. Uh, and and in doing so, they'll have a shot. If Russell Westbrook isn't traded and doesn't renegotiate a contract immediately, the Lakers will have a shot at, at, at him next summer. Uh, somebody else asked about Boogie Cousins. He's another option. Um, if the Lakers, I, I don't know if he's a free agent next year. I, somebody, if, if somebody in the comments, if you guys can help me out there, I'm not very good at my job. I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't believe he is a free agent next year. So, uh, if they do make that trade, then that kind of—I don't know if I would—if I would really like that very much because why give up assets when you can take on somebody talented next year and then just wait for Boogie to become a free agent? Because I don't think he's sticking around in Sacramento for very much longer. I—he I, just doesn't look like he likes it very much there in, in that cow town. Uh, 
Samuel Roan, will the Lakers sign Brandon Ingram? Yes, just answer that. Anthony Garcia, I just want to say we don't need a free agent. Let young guys play together. Well, you do kind of still need free agents. You still need veterans that, you know, I, Lou Aldang, the length of his contract is, is not ideal. I think that's going to get annoying by the end of that contract. But he is somebody who Brandon Ingram can definitely learn from over the, these next few years. And you need that with, with young guys. You see it in Philly where Jalil Okafor and, and the rest of that Philly team was kind of rudderless. And they brought in, I believe it was Elton Brand. I think they just signed him to a deal. And yes, Brand played a little bit, but for the most part, he was just there to kind to do a little bit of, a little bit of babysitting, because Okafor got into those two fights and got into that high speed uh, ticket situation. And that's just you know, kids are going to be kids; they're going to be immature. Uh, I know when I was you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one years old, I was a complete moron. I'm still a complete moron. I was just more so back then. So it's good to have older people to to helping you know help those kids mature and show them what it takes to be successful in the NBA. Uh, so that's the thinking with you know Luol Deng and, and Mozgov. I don't think that's very defensible. I don't. That was a terrible contract. All right, we'll go back to Twitter questions. And again, make sure you send in as many questions and comments as you possibly can. Uh, this is our time to reach out to you directly uh, on this beautiful Friday afternoon. It's a little warm outside. Uh, for my liking, but but for the most part, we can't really complain here in Southern California. So, back to Twitter. Patrick again now asks, where do babies come from? I was going to play some Michael Bolton, When a Man Loves a Woman, but I didn't want to get into some copyright issues, so just Google that. That's, uh, that, you know, that, that opening line is, is pretty much how that works. Uh, and, you know, also search Brian McKnight and all that other uh, lovey-dovey music. And then, you know, read the book about the, the birds and the bees. That's what your parents are here for. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to uh, help you guys out with that stuff. Uh, next question coming in from Mario Daly. With the way Zubac played in Summer League, what do you think his ceiling is? Some kind of cross between Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and we'll say Bill Russell. Now nah, we'll say Pau Gasol. We'll go there. Some cross between all those guys, because why not? No, but in, in all seriousness, I was obviously being facetious there. I do think uh, Zubats presented a lot of potential there. And, and Mitch Kupchak said that yesterday, that Zubats was you know, further along that they, than they anticipated when, when he came over and played in summer league. He showed great touch around the basket. He was a nuisance on defense, you know, around the rim. Now, where he struggled was when they played more athletic teams and the pace got a little quicker. And that's what's going to happen to, you know, basically all seven-footers who are not freak athletes is that they become a little harder to play in those situations because the NBA game has sped up. It's stretched out. And if Zubots wants to be able to play in every kind of situation, he needs to improve his foot speed, which he still can. He's still 19. You don't tend to see a huge increase in foot speed at that age, but it's still possible. So I could see that happening. But the biggest thing that he presented was just he has really soft hands, really soft touch. I was really impressed with that. And he's awesome in post-game stuff. He was, he's, he's a hilarious dude. Uh, fans will love that guy moving forward. All right. Uh, next question. James Owens III asks, Any thought on Lou Williams' fit in Luke's system? He's more of an ISO scorer than ball mover. Uh, I I agree that he's more of an ISO scorer. I don't know about the ball mover aspect of it. I, I don't know if those two are mutually exclusive. Uh, and I say this because 
he doesn't necessarily have to make that next pass, but if you put him in the corner and his job is to spot up and be a spot up shooter, I think he can be he can be very successful there. And it's just it's good to have multiple kinds of shooters. You don't want to have one type of player throughout your roster. It's why Larry Nance Jr. and Julius Randle don't necessarily mean that one has to be moved, right? You can have depth on an NBA team. And, and when you have somebody like Lou Williams who can create his own shot uh, at, you know, a pretty good rate of efficiency, that doesn't hurt by any means. If you, you know, you get into that situation where you just need somebody to go out there and create a, a few shots for himself, uh, you know, maybe get you seven points in a quarter, just like that. Some irrational confidence guy. That's what he can do, right? That's what he can do. Uh, our own page just said, bring back Kobe. Uh, I quit. This is, I'm using this right now as my two weeks notice. I am out. If Kobe Bryant is coming back, we can't go through that, uh, last season again. Uh, I'm, they're being kidding <laughs> or they're, they're being kidding. I, I can't speak English. All right. Next question on here. Uh, somebody hopes that we get a Marie Spates question. I don't believe we will. Uh, and I think that's, oh, I see the, the last one we got on Twitter was how much better was Duncan than Kobe? He was not. I think uh, this, is, this is actually going to be something that we're going to revisit in a longer podcast with Spurs bloggers. And we're going to, you know, hash it out and have a nice long back and forth about this. But uh, one thing that I've gotten kind of annoyed by is how, you know, Duncan had a great career. He retires. And the immediate thing is, well, look at how he retired and he was quiet and he helped his team. He never missed the playoffs, this, that, and the other. And somehow that's a a knock on Kobe and the way he handled it. And I would say for both guys, like they they played in the league for, for Kobe played for 20 years, I think. I don't know if Duncan reached 20 years. They both spent all that time with one team. They brought endless amounts of money and tons of success to their franchises they are more than you know they more than earned the ability to leave on their own terms the way they wanted to and i'm happy for both of them that 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 they were able to do so that kobe went out and obviously he would have wanted to win a little bit more but that 60 point performance i don't care how many times he shot at that game that 60 point performance is going to go down as one of my favorite all-time time uh moments in laker fandom uh that was the first time i'd really become a fan again that was insane (laughs) we've never seen anything like that and uh i you know spurs didn't quite get to enjoy that kind of moment now you can debate whether or not one is better than the other you can wonder if if kobe's last game was enough to make up for the lack of success he had at the end of his career compared to duncan and that's fine. Those are two very viable points. And both things can be true. We don't, we don't live in this world, well, I guess we do politically, where it's one thing or the other. But we should try to look for a little bit more nuance. And, and uh, we should strive for perspective on these things. And in terms of perspective, if we really look at this honestly, we can just, both, we can just say, hey, both guys were really, really good at, at basketball. Both guys had great careers. And both guys retired on their own terms. And all the props for him for doing so. Mario Daly asks, if Westbrook agreed to sign an extension, would you trade some of your our young core to get him? Man, that's tough. I mean, if he if there is a wink-wink deal in place, then sure, right, fine. Uh, maybe move a piece, maybe two, right? If it's like a Clarkson and Randall for Westbrook, 
fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. Or if, uh, you know, if the Lakers can somehow fire Nick Young off into the sun, you can now have enough cap room to bring on Ennis Cantor, which I'm sure the, the Thunder would be hoping to do so that they can free up as much cap space as possible for their rebuild. Uh, then cool. Then if you can take Westbrook and, and Cantor for Clarkson and Randall, then you try to make that work. Uh, and, and you see how you, you see how that does moving forward because eventually the Lakers do need to field a better team. Now the counter to that is why give up assets when you have the opportunity to sign somebody in free agency for nothing but money. Uh, and, and there's something to that, but what about the Lakers has shown you lately that they're able to get a top tier talent in the, on, you know, on the free agency market. And they haven't been able to show that they don't have the organizational stand. Uh, the, the, the standing organizationally isn't where you would want to see it. And because of that, uh, you, you risk not being able to get somebody of that talent. And at the end of the day, when it comes to personnel, it's about acquiring and uh, as much talent as you possibly can, uh, as efficiently as efficiently as you possibly can. And if you're giving up a couple young pieces for Westbrook, who is anywhere between top five to top ten uh, ranked among the NBA right now, then you do it and you try to make it work moving from there on out. However, however, you have to do that. Uh, again, Michael asks Kobe Beck play. Uh, no, no, he is not coming back. We got to let it go. Guys, Lakers, Lakers fans. I know Kobe was great. Kobe was a lot of fun. Kobe brought us five rings. He's going to have a statue. He's going to obviously get a, get his jersey retired. There are endless YouTube clips of him lighting people up. There's one really, really good one of him giving Dwight Howard the business <laughs> Which is great. It's it's if you're ever having a down day, just go back and just search Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, and and it's either him calling him soft or it's him dunking him, uh, dunking Dwight into oblivion. Those are both really great. They brighten up any day, even a day like this where it's already particularly bright. Uh, just go back, watch those, and and get ready for the future because the future is really really bright. Uh, since the comments and the questions have slowed down, uh, I guess I'll I'll start. Oh, what what I don't know how to I think it's Whale Hamza asks how many wins for us next year. Be happy with thirty. Be happy with thirty. Thirty to thirty three is what I'd be comfortable predicting, and I hate predicting because you never know how this works out, right? I can say thirty to thirty three wins right now, and the Lakers make a trade for Russell Westbrook, and people are going to go back and find the audio or find the tweet, whatever, where I say that the Lakers are going to win thirty thirty three games. They wind up winning forty ish games. And I look like an idiot. Or I say 30 to 33 games and guys get hurt, knock on wood, uh, that that doesn't happen. But predicting, there's just there's endless ways that a season can turn out. And uh, I, I hate predicting, but if I have to, 30 to 33 wins is what I would say. Uh, there were a couple other good questions here. Dexter Cumberbatch from Twitter, at, is it at? Uh, Dexter C73 asks leaders in points, rebounds, and assists this season. And I want you guys uh, to to hit us up in the comments with these predictions. This is fun. And then we'll look back and we'll (laughs) make fun of our predictions for who does this. But leaders in points, rebounds, and assists this season. 
points, I would say it's either going to be Russell or Dang. I think Russell or Dang is going to lead the Lakers in, in points. Uh, Russell's going to have the ball in his hands most, and Dang is the best player currently on the Lakers roster. So one of those two guys is going to average the most points. In terms of rebounds, I like Julius Randle or Timothy Mozgov to lead the team in rebounds. Uh, Randle's rebound rate is you know, the, one of the things that he does really, really well in the NBA. Uh, so you know, he, you know, he averaged a double-double last year, as, as any Lakers analyst on, on Time Warner will tell you. So I could see him continuing to average double digits in rebounds, though Mozgov stepping in, being such a big guy, might you know take some of those rebounds from him. But I think both those guys will be upwards of you know eight, nine, ten rebounds a game, maybe more. Oh, it's even better if they're even more. And then in, in, for assists, I would say Russell. Russell again is going to have the highest usage rate on on the Lakers. I would say he's going to be in the pick and roll a bunch, as we saw in in summer league, and he handles the pick and roll really, really well. I think. We're going to see this year a, a coming out party of, of sorts for uh, D'Angelo Russell, and I'm really excited for it because he took, I thought, unfair criticism throughout the year last year, and it'll be really exciting to see a a more well-informed and better formulated, uh, formulated position on D'Angelo Russell. He's going to be really good this year. Get ready for that. Uh, somebody asks, let's see, on Twitter here... Okay, Christian Villegas at Chrism728 on Twitter here asks, where will L.A. rank offensively this year? Uh, I'd say middle of the pack. I don't think they'll they'll take anybody by storm. They're, look, they're a really young team. And while they can improve from last year to this year because they all get better, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to you know make some huge leap. Those Those big leaps are pretty rare. So if they if they're you know league average slightly above league average I would say that's a successful season this year, Christian. All right, uh, Gary Stanford, do you know who's the unnamed player the Lakers are targeting in a trade? I talked about this a second ago. Uh, I don't know who it would be, but I do have an idea as to the type of player that they're looking for, and it's going to be some kind of veteran at the end of his deal, in that you know ten to twelve million dollar range. Who and and the team that he'd be coming from uh, will will have you know an extra pick or two that they can get rid of that the Lakers can you know it's it's an opportun opportunistic trade that they're looking to make uh, to to further their rebuild as efficiently as they possibly can and and it's and it's a really smart move they've done that a couple times already uh, and it's worked. Right, they, they every time they've they've you know gone out of their way to get an asset at the at the later stages of the draft, it's worked out for them. Whether it's Jordan Clarkson or Larry Nance Jr., those are two guys that the Lakers value greatly, as they should, because they're good basketball players. That the Lakers you know had to be a little creative in in their ability to get those guys, and it's worked out well. Uh, Jamal Robbins, does Zubats get more minutes than Black? No, I don't think so. They just signed Black to a new deal. Uh, the, the Lakers front office uh, really wanted Byron Scott to play Tarek Blackmore last year. And it, I find it hilarious that Byron just told his front office to kick rocks in those situations. And, and he's just, Byron's the best. I love you, Byron. I'm going to miss you. Uh, 
comedy comes from a dark place. But no, Zubots, I think he'll be something in that, you know, 12th to 13, 13th man range on the roster. He'll get the occasional minutes and, and people will love him. Uh, but he is really young and he's coming, you know, over fresh from, from EuroLeague. So we'll see how he handles the NBA uh, at such a, uh, a young stage in his career, early stage in his career, and let him build from that point forward. We have nothing but time with that guy. All right. Uh, Gary M. Quincy asks, do you think the Lakers should J.R. Smith? I, everybody should. Everybody, like it should be a league mandate that everybody has a J.R. Smith on their team. There is a, a market inefficiency as, as uh, in terms of pipe being laid down per, per NBA team. Uh, that's a Twitter joke. You guys got to Google J.R. Smith pipe. <laughs> it's a phenomenal story. It's very J.R. Smith. Uh, if nothing else, the Lakers should play one of their games this year in J.R. Smith jerseys. That should happen. <laughs> and and they, could, they could really annoy that, that poor white guy in Minnesota who was so angry at him. All right. Uh, I'm being told that I should wrap this up. So this is Anthony Irwin. I am at home, back home from Vegas. This was a lot of fun. I can't wait to get on these a, a little bit more frequently as the year goes along. We are in the middle of the offseason. We're just waiting for the Olympics uh, for, for live basketball. Let's hurry up and get there, uh, August. Hurry up and get here, and then eventually hurry up and get here October and September so we can get a little bit more actual Lakers news. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today, and thanks, everybody, for the questions and comments. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Harrison and I, we do these, you know, we do the podcast daily. This will go up on iTunes shortly after this, this is done. Uh, we, we answer, we take questions as much as we can. If you want to email me a question, if you're not on Twitter and you want to email me a question, go ahead and send me an email at anthony.f.irwin at gmail.com, and I will talk to everybody later.